the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Soapy Dollar. Wow, the week has flown by. This one always does. We've got the day of prayer coming up when God's people gather in true and genuine prayer, humbling ourselves, broken before the Lord, confession of sin and abandonment of our sin. God's word does come true. Things happen, and we can have a long discussion about many of the things that have happened in our own city, the blessings that have come to our city as we have been for many, many years now encouraging folks on this particular special opportunity on the National Day of Prayer, the first Thursday of every May, to come together in a special expression of genuine prayer before the Lord, praising Him, worshiping Him, confessing our sin, and interceding, asking God specifically for blessings on our families, our homes, our young people, our economy, our job situations, all of these practical areas, millions of folks gathering in this day of prayer. I hope that you're making plans to be a part of that special time to seek the Lord with all of our hearts and lift up America and ask God to do his thing. Just as we see now in the books of the first and second Kings, we see God changing a nation and shaping a people, the economy. He works on their military. He works in the weather, on their crops. There are so many ways that God works and controls and guides his people, particularly he guides in the affairs of men and nations to bring about his purposes. And that ultimate purpose is that you and I would come to faith. 
If you have not yet come to the Lord and made your decision to trust him and to walk with God, he desires you. And that's something that the king of the universe is zealous and jealous for you, that he has an interest in you. Who are we? No one except that he cares for us and that gives our lives infinite worth. Well, we are going to continue two final readings from the book of Second Kings, and then we'll be going to the book of Acts in the New Testament. Right now, though, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment in the 76th Psalm. Another one of those Psalms of Asaph, this Levitical friend of David. Because God is the final judge, the tables will be turned upon the wicked. A call for God to punish evildoers. Psalm 76. God is well known in Judah. His name is great in Israel. Jerusalem is where he lives. Mount Zion is his home. There he breaks the arrows of the enemy, the shields and swords and weapons of his foes. You are glorious and more majestic than the everlasting mountains. The mightiest of our enemies have been plundered. They lie before us in the sleep of death. No warrior could lift a hand against us. When you rebuked them, O God of Jacob, their horses and chariots stood still. No wonder you are greatly feared. Who can stand before you when your anger explodes? From heaven you sentenced your enemies. The earth trembled and stood silent before you. You stand up to judge those who do evil, O God, and to rescue the oppressed of the earth. Human opposition only enhances your glory, for you use it as a sword of judgment. Make vows to the Lord your God and fulfill them. Let everyone bring tribute to the Awesome One, for he breaks the spirit of princes and is feared by the kings of the earth. End of reading Psalm 76. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. All right, we are back. Word of God Speak, a passage. I don't know if you know where that, uh, that uh, passage comes from, pouring down like rain, Isaiah 55, where God's word is likened to the rain that falls. And it always accomplishes the purpose for which God sends it out. And that is an absolute truth. The principal purpose of God's word is to speak to our hearts and to make us aware of the reality of God and call us to respond to him. There are a lot of nuances, a lot of specifics to that in each individual life. But God's word is there to speak to our hearts and make us aware of him. And our response to him is our part. What response is God eliciting from your heart tonight? Well, let's pick up in Second Kings chapter 19. Hezekiah now is the king of the Judah, the southern tribes. Uh, Sennacherib has warned them and threatened them. And now Hezekiah seeks the Lord's help. Second Kings 19, 5 through 22, 20. Second Kings 19. After King Hezekiah's officials delivered the king's message to Isaiah, the prophet replied, Say to your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against me from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against him, and the king will receive a report from Assyria telling him that he is needed at home. Then I will make him want to return to his land, where I will have him killed with a sword. 
Meanwhile, the Assyrian representative left Jerusalem and went to consult his king, who had left Lachish and was attacking Libna. Soon afterward, King Sennacherib received word that King Terhaka of Ethiopia was leading an army to fight against him. Before leaving to meet the attack, he sent this message back to Hezekiah in Jerusalem. This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let this God you trust deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. You know perfectly well what the kings of Assyria have done wherever they have gone. They have crushed everyone who stood in their way. Why should you be any different? Have the gods of other nations rescued them? Such nations as Gozan, Haran, Resef, and the people of Eden who were in Telassar. The former kings of Assyria destroyed them all. What happened to the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad? What happened to the kings of Sepharvaim, Hena, and Eva? After Hezekiah received the letter and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. O Lord, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Listen to me, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, just as the message says. And they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all, only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O Lord our God, rescue us from his power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, are God. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I have heard your prayer about King Sennacherib of Assyria. This is the message that the Lord has spoken against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem scoffs and shakes her head as you flee. Whom do you think you have been insulting and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look in such proud condescension? It was the Holy One of Israel. By your messengers you have mocked the Lord. You have said, With my many chariots I have conquered the highest mountains. Yes, the remotest peaks of Lebanon. I have cut down its tallest cedars and its choicest cypress trees. I have reached its farthest corners and explored its deepest forests. I have dug wells in many a foreign land and refreshed myself with their water. I even stopped up the rivers of Egypt so that my armies could go across. But have you not heard? It was I, the Lord, who decided this long ago. Long ago I planned what I am now causing to happen, that you should crush fortified cities into heaps of rubble. That is why their people have so little power and are such easy prey for you. They are as helpless as the grass, as easily trampled as tender green shoots. They are like grass sprouting on a housetop, easily scorched by the sun. But I know you well, your comings and goings, and all you do. I know the way you have raged against me, and because of your arrogance against me, which I have heard for myself, I will put my hook in your nose and my bridle in your mouth. I will make you return by the road on which you came. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Here is the proof that the Lord will protect this city from Assyria's king. 
This year you will eat only what grows up by itself, and next year you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year you will plant crops and harvest them. You will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. And you who are left in Judah, who have escaped the ravages of the siege, will take root again in your own soil, and you will flourish and multiply. For a remnant of my people will spread out from Jerusalem, a group of survivors from Mount Zion. The passion of the Lord Almighty will make this happen. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem to shoot their arrows. They will not march outside its gates with their shields and build banks of earth against its walls. The king will return to his own country by the road on which he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. For my own honor and for the sake of my servant David, I will defend it. That night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian troops. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Then King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. He went home to his capital of Nineveh and stayed there. One day, while he was worshipping in the temple of his god Nisroch, his sons Adramelech and Sharazer killed him with their swords. They then escaped to the land of Ararat, and another son, Esar Hadon, became the next king of Assyria. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 2 Kings 20. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill, and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, went to visit him. He gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says. Set your affairs in order, for you are going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always tried to be faithful to you and do what is pleasing in your sight. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. But before Isaiah had left the middle courtyard, this message came to him from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Tell him, this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you, and three days from now you will get out of bed and go to the temple of the Lord. I will add fifteen years to your life, and I will rescue you and this city from the king of Assyria. I will do this to defend my honor and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah's servants, Make an ointment from figs and spread it over the boil. They did this, and Hezekiah recovered. Meanwhile, Hezekiah had said to Isaiah, What sign will the Lord give to prove that he will heal me and that I will go to the temple of the Lord three days from now? Isaiah replied, This is the sign that the Lord will give you to prove he will do as he promised. Would you like the shadow on the sundial to go forward ten steps or backward ten steps? The shadow always moves forward, Hezekiah replied. Make it go backward instead. So Isaiah asked the Lord to do this, and he caused the shadow to move ten steps backward on the sundial of Ahaz. Soon after this, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent Hezekiah his best wishes and a gift, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been very sick. Hezekiah welcomed the Babylonian envoys and showed them everything in his treasure houses, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the aromatic oils. He also took them to see his armory and showed them all his other treasures, everything. There was nothing in his palace or kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and asked him, What did those men want? Where were they from? 
Hezekiah replied, They came from the distant land of Babylon. What did they see in your palace? Isaiah asked. They saw everything, Hezekiah replied. I showed them everything I own, all my treasures. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Listen to this message from the Lord. The time is coming when everything you have, all the treasures stored up by your ancestors, will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your own descendants will be taken away into exile. They will become eunuchs who will serve in the palace of Babylon's king. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, This message you have given me from the Lord is good. But the king was thinking, At least there will be peace and security during my lifetime. The rest of the events in Hezekiah's reign, including the extent of his power and how he built a pool and dug a tunnel to bring water into the city, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Hezekiah died, his son Manasseh became the next king. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 2 Kings 21 Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. His mother was Hephzibah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, imitating the detestable practices of the pagan nations whom the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He constructed altars for Baal and set up an Asherah pole, just as King Ahab of Israel had done. He also bowed before all the forces of heaven and worshipped them. He even built pagan altars in the temple of the Lord, the place where the Lord had said His name should be honored. He built these altars for all the forces of heaven in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. Manasseh even sacrificed his own son in the fire. He practiced sorcery and divination, and he consulted with mediums and psychics. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his anger. Manasseh even took an Asherah pole he had made and set it up in the temple, the very place where the Lord had told David and his son Solomon, My name will be honored here forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen from among all the other tribes of Israel. If the Israelites will obey my commands, the whole law that was given through my servant Moses, I will not send them into exile from this land that I gave their ancestors. But the people refused to listen. And Manasseh led them to do even more evil than the pagan nations whom the Lord had destroyed when the Israelites entered the land. Then the Lord said through his servants the prophets, King Manasseh of Judah has done many detestable things. He is even more wicked than the Amorites who lived in this land before Israel. He has led the people of Judah into idolatry. So this is what the Lord the God of Israel says. I will bring such disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that the ears of those who hear about it will tingle with horror. I will judge Jerusalem by the same standard I used for Samaria and by the same measure I used for the family of Ahab. I will wipe away the people of Jerusalem as one wipes a dish and turns it upside down. Then I will reject even those few of my people who are left, and I will hand them over as plunder for their enemies. For they have done great evil in my sight and have angered me ever since their ancestors came out of Egypt. Manasseh also murdered many innocent people until Jerusalem was filled from one end to the other with innocent blood. This was in addition to the sin that he caused the people of Judah to commit, leading them to do evil in the Lord's sight. The rest of the events in Manasseh's reign and all his deeds, including the sins he committed, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Manasseh died, he was buried in the palace garden, the garden of Uzzah. Then his son Ammon became the next king. 
Amon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. His mother was Meshulamith, the daughter of Haruz from Jotbah. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father Manasseh had done. He followed the example of his father, worshipping the same idols that his father had worshipped. He abandoned the Lord, the God of his ancestors, and he refused to follow the Lord's ways. Then Amon's own servants plotted against him and assassinated him in his palace. But the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against King Amon, and they made his son Josiah the next king. The rest of the events in Amon's reign and all his deeds are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. He was buried in his tomb in the garden of Uzzah. Then his son Josiah became the next king. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. 2 Kings 22 Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem thirty-one years. His mother was Jedidah, the daughter of Adaiah from Boscath. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn aside from doing what was right. In the eighteenth year of his reign, King Josiah sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, and grandson of Meshulam, the court secretary, to the temple of the Lord. He told him, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him count the money the gatekeepers have collected from the people at the Lord's temple. Entrust this money to the men assigned to supervise the temple's restoration. Then they can use it to pay workers to repair the temple of the Lord. They will need to hire carpenters, builders, and masons. Also, have them buy the timber and the cut stone needed to repair the temple. But there will be no need for the construction supervisors to keep account of the money they receive, for they are honest people. Hilkiah, the high priest, said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan, and he read it. Shaphan returned to the king and reported, Your officials have given the money collected at the temple of the Lord to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Shaphan also said to the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. So Shaphan read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the book of the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam son of Shaphan, Akbor son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Asaiah, the king's personal advisor. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah. Ask him about the words written in this scroll that has been found. The Lord's anger is burning against us because our ancestors have not obeyed the words in this scroll. We have not been doing what this scroll says we must do. So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Akbor, Shaphan, and Asaiah went to the newer Mishnah section of Jerusalem to consult with the prophet Huldah. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, and grandson of Harhas, the keeper of the temple wardrobe. She said to them, The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go and tell the man who sent you, This is what the Lord says. I will destroy this city and its people, just as I stated in the scroll you read. For my people have abandoned me and worshipped pagan gods, and I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger is burning against this place, and it will not be quenched. But go to the king of Judah who sent you to seek the Lord, and tell him, This is what the Lord the God of Israel says concerning the message you have just heard. You were sorry and humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I said against this city and its people, that this land would be cursed and become desolate. You tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. So I have indeed heard you, says the Lord.
I will not send the promised disaster against this city until after you have died and been buried in peace. You will not see the disaster I am going to bring on this place. So they took her message back to the king. End of reading 2 Kings 19.5 through 22.20 Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is it's okay This is The, the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar It's to be heard but to hear what you would sing, word of God speak. King Hezekiah, truly a godly man, seeking to do what God would want as a leader of a nation, calling the people, leading the people to respond to God, to walk with their God, to obey God. A very interesting life story. He reigned a number of years as a co-regent with his father Ahaz. It was during that time that the nation to the north Israel was destroyed. That was 729 to 715 B.C. And during that time, Israel to the north was destroyed, taken captive into exile by the Assyrians, never to be reconstituted, never to be able to return to their land. Then Hezekiah reigned 18 years by himself, and then another 11 years, a co-regency again with his son Manasseh, a total of 43 years but 29 years mentioned in chapter 18 where he reigned by himself without uh, the co-regency. But his reign, his assistance on following God, really did save and preserve Judah in the south from the fate of Israel to the north. It held off the judgment of God on his land for his lifetime. I'm guessing that probably seeing Israel's fate in the north, seeing them taken away and destroyed by the Assyrians, probably had a big impression on his life to cause him to want to follow after God. I'm sure of that. Of course, one of the greatest influences he has is through his grandson, Josiah. Two generations went by after Hezekiah, and then comes his great-grandson, Josiah. In some way, Josiah hearkened back to his time and urged the people to follow after God. This radio program, The Bible Live, was originally called The Josiah Project. Because it was our idea that if we could read the Bible, God's Word, to the people, if they could hear the book, perhaps they will help spark that response of confession and repentance from sin and turning back to the God of our fathers. There is so much in the passage tonight, and there's so many impressions that come to us about Hezekiah, about the ups and downs, forward and backward, spiritually, of the people of God here in Israel, and how God's power is at work controlling and guiding and reigning supreme in all of the affairs of men and nations. God has his plan. He has his priorities, and that is the redemption of humanity. Israel, in that case, was very important to that plan of God. And the same way, though, America is important to the plan of God today, and particularly the people of God. Are you beginning to think biblically yet and to see our nation and the battle for the heart and soul of our nation as very, very important to the Lord? See you next time. Soapy Reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 
P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 